tomorrow on this show, Mike Milbury on the Boston Bruins. I'm I'm waiting for Devin McCourty, and I, you know, we thought last week was the last week with Devin, and then I think Devin wants to continue on the show, but I don't know if he got the full message on today or not. Mm-hmm. I this is another instance, Curtis. I'm no disrespect to him of me cleaning up after the the brand manager. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm uh, to be expected to do everything around oh. here. Huh? I, I would say uh, a little bit of tension brewing between Yeah, no two. tension. I just, I mean, listen, I'm, I got a helping hand wherever it's needed. Right. I just don't know if Ken is, if he's got his eyes on the prize. Yeah. Eyes I, on the ball at all times. He is, he is so quickly just transitioned into the most annoying, boring <laughs> middle manager in radio. I think he does a great job. I do, too. It's kind of like a Bill and Love Jonathan relationship yep. between you uh, and Ken. Uh, listen, he's done a, an extraordinary job with the snow show, which is mm-hmm. happening on Friday. And he's done a great My job guy. getting everything ready for a bunch of road shows in Fort Myers at JetBlue Park. So the man is extraordinary. And I just, I kid. Uh, oh, and here is Devin McCourty, brought to you by the top defense. If you've been injured, Catches Law Group. At Catches, you pay nothing unless they win. They are the official law firm of the New England Patriots. Devin joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey. What's happening? We got a couple of bonus weeks here. I'm very yeah. excited. Yeah, I know. And I, I took my alarm out of my phone last week after you said bye, so I'm a little late. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for this. Uh, we are all for it as well. Um uh, just uh, actually, Sean McDonough just brought up that you guys were together uh, sideline wise at that Ravens uh, Chiefs game pregame. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna start with what drives me nuts, and it's been the topic this week in in many places. Uh, it, it, please tell me that it is way too early to uh, to bring Patrick Mahomes up in the same conversation as Tom Brady. I think it's too early to say he's there, but I think it's safe to say he's the only one now chasing what Brady was able to accomplish. Like, I was talking to my friends, and, you know, people were talking about, like, Mahomes is there already. And I'm like, like, let's slow down. Like, Brady has 35 playoff wins. Mahomes, where he's at compared to where Brady was at in his career, he's ahead. Like, that's great. But playing 23 years in the NFL isn't promised. Like, we can't just think Patrick Mahomes is going to go play 20 years and be able to break all of these records. Like, you don't know that. You don't know what the future holds. But I think he has now put himself – he close to putting himself in a, a category that's above the rest of the guys, the rest of the great quarterbacks, and now only trails Tom. Like, I think that's coming sooner than later. As great as Joe Montana was – like Patrick Mahomes is two playoff wins away from being tied with Joe Montana. Like that, like that's ridiculous um, to think at this point in his career. So uh, I do think he's putting himself on a, a whole nother stage um, where I think he's kind of in a conversation where it's, you know, him, Montana and Brady um, and then everybody else. So um, he's definitely chasing it, but I wouldn't put him there yet. Dev, does it help Patrick Mahomes because of the era in football that he is in where he might not have to play 20 years, where he could potentially play for another 10 years and be consistently right in the mix because of the way the league is as far as the protection of the quarterback, how much they throw the football. Statistically, he'll get all those numbers and might not have a 10-year drought like Brady had where he will be able to, you know, get him close 
to the number that Brady has to have the conversation that people might want to have? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance of that. I throw stats out of the window, I think, because of what you just said. I think as the game continues to evolve, especially quarterback numbers are going to be so far greater than all the guys that played before him. It's going to be guys that don't even have anywhere close uh, to the impact that other quarterbacks have had on the game who's going to have way better numbers when you talk about yards, touchdowns, like all of those things. But I do think it's like it's hard to predict that Mahomes won't have one of these guys that steps up or has one of these teams that come out and beat them. Like, I mean, let's say San Fran wins this Super Bowl, then that's another drought where you don't, you know, you don't win a Super Bowl. That's another year you don't win. So it's so hard to predict how that kind of works out. But I think, yeah, of course there's a world where, you know, if Kansas City can continue to keep some of those guys in there, because I think that's the difference with Brady. I think Brady went to the Super Bowl, you know, won back-to-back, went all of those times, you know, with that one group of guys, you know, the Vrabels, the Brewskis, the Rodney Harrisons, the William McGinnises, uh, the David Pattons, Deion Branch, Jermaine Wiggins, like all of those guys. And then you don't win a Super Bowl for 10 years, and what happens is, you're still playing as a quarterback, but all of your other core guys retire. And then you build up this next group of guys and you win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls with them. Like, to me, that was what has been great about watching Brady, where I think Mahomes hasn't gone through that yet. He hasn't gone through not playing with Travis Kelsey or um, losing different guys like Chris Jones. Like, he has to then do that, I think, to get into that Brady category. All right, those who want to knock Brock Purdy, call call him a game manager, glorified game manager. Is is that right or wrong? Yeah, I mean, again, you'll hear people. I think football people who are deep in the weeds. Football man, a game manager is a guy that knows exactly where, what to do with the ball, when to do with the ball at the right time. Like, call out a game manager, but if you do it in the fourth quarter, you're clutch. So if I'm Brock Purdy, I don't go crazy about that. Like what he did last week against Detroit, he no longer, out of nowhere, he's no longer a game manager. He's a clutch guy who now separated himself from the Tua, the Dak Prescott, the, you know, all these different guys. But they're going to continue to bring up his measurables and all of those other things. But the honest truth is every quarterback's great when we look at what they do in a regular season, if they can run and throw deep and, but then when we get in the playoffs, we're like, well, none of that matters. Who makes the plays when it counts? And then Brock Purdy does that, and it's like, oh, well, now he's a little better than what he was. So, to me, the guy has played really good football. He's done what he's supposed to do. He's taken a team that other people have taken the team, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, all these guys have had opportunities. If Brock Purdy goes and wins the Super Bowl, then he can't be the same as them. There has to be something different. Um, so it's been fun to watch, and I think anytime you see these stories, with, you know, guys who are, you know, the Patrick Mahomes of the world going against the Brock Purdy's of the world. It creates a, uh, an awesome story. And, you know, there's going to be one side of the, the world who's going to root for the underdog and the other side that wants to see greatness continue to prevail. So it leads up for, you know, a great Super Bowl to watch. Devin, it was announced that Gerard got himself a special teams coach uh, in Jeremy Springer. And uh, so they've got the D.C. figured out. They've got special teams figured out. But the O.C. position, they're still interviewing a bunch of people. Is there a possibility that we could see ourselves in April going into the draft where Gerard Mayo doesn't have an offensive coordinator? And how detrimental would that be? 
Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think I think all of these things are gonna come to a head pretty soon. Like he doesn't have an OC. There's two teams that only gonna have a head coach yet. So I think this kind of process is still playing itself out. Like I was one of those guys that thought Ben Johnson was definitely taking one of these jobs, and I thought there was an outside chance that Bobby Slowick would be another guy that got a job. And you saw both of these guys go back to their teams and decide to stay. So. I think there's still things being worked out. I would imagine in the next couple of weeks, um, Mayo fills that spot and has an offensive coordinator. Um, but I think I think he's doing a good job as a first-year head coach, a guy who's been in New England, knows you know a lot of the same people of going and figuring out what else is out there. Like, let me not just interview people I know or come with a great recommendation from somebody I know. Like, let me go into the weeds and interview different people and see what they know and how we connect and can we click together. So um, I think it's a process and it's playing itself out. But I think more than anything, they need to find the right guy, um, not necessarily have it done by a certain time, but make sure that guy is a guy that's going to come in there, change the whole offensive dynamic um, and allow you to kind of look like, I mean, at some point, just look like an NFL offense. That would be amazing. Devin, could you maybe walk me off the ledge here? There's been some rumor that McDaniels will be the guy and that he would bring Mac back. Do you see a scenario <laughs> where that comes to uh, fruition? I don't know. I I, uh, I did a podcast the other day, and I said there could be a world where some OC comes in and does think like, hey, we can win with Mac Jones and then go get better in the draft and free agency around them. Is that Josh McDaniels? Like, I don't know. Um, I know the fan base wants, like, again, this, like, total break from everything that was old in New England. Um, I, I kind of differ in that. I think the the whole, like, let's not do anything that Bill Belichick did is, I think, is absolutely lunatic. And I think the world that Josh McDaniels was so bad in New England is also ridiculous. So um, I, I don't think – I don't know if that is – what's going to happen. I think with no OC being in place, these rumors will continue to roll that Josh McDaniels will be back or Max going to be back or Max going to get you. Like, no one will know until that happens, but I'm also not the guy that's sitting here saying, like, please don't bring Josh. Like, Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator. He's very productive. Uh, his time in New England as an OC, um, Max year was very productive. Now, I don't know if you can get back to that. I'm also not the guy that's saying if Josh and Matt come back, then it's going to be recreation of 2021. Like, life doesn't work that way. Um, but I think it all has to play itself out. I don't think I don't think right now there's this, like, definite that because nothing's happening that Josh McDaniels has a job. I don't think that's it at all either. I mean, I, are you one of these guys like Wiggy who says with that with that number three pick you have to take a quarterback, or would you be intrigued by Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think right now, no offensive coordinator, no true plan in sight. I'm thinking from a player. If I'm a player on that team, I would I would I would want to see a quarterback selected. I would want to feel like we're moving in a different direction, a new kind of hope. Like, I think the worst thing to go into an offseason now, going to a new season, is that feeling of we didn't do much of anything. And as a player, to feel like I don't see how this is going to be any different. And I think that's the fear. If you kind of don't take a quarterback, you kind of come back and run it back with a lot of the same things. I think it's the fear of, man, like, how is this going to be different? And I think, I think honestly, I think 
2022 and 2023, I think those seasons was that. I don't think there was enough change in the building and personnel-wise from players and different things of like, all right, this is going to be way different. Like, I don't, I don't think enough happened. And I think, it, I think that's why you went from 8-9 and nine to 4-13 and 13 because that feeling of, ah, like, this is kind of the same. And I think you lost a little bit of the, the fight and the will to win out some of those games to get to eight wins or nine wins because it's not like they got blown out every week. Like, there were a lot of close games where they had shots to win and they just fell short. Um, and I think they need to – have like there's good change new head coach new I think they I think the quarterback position is another position that right now without having some other things in place when you look at it it seems like a no-brainer to go get one of these guys in the top three um that you feel like can be franchise quarterbacks going forward when are you heading to Vegas uh Wednesday Wednesday next week all right mm-hmm. we're gonna do a lot of FaceTime coming up for you should Zero FaceTime. I'm going down. I'm radio guy. Oh, all right. Westwood One. Yeah. Okay. How was that? Because now, when I was driving back from our event at um, at, Aviva Trattoria, I was listening to the radio, and you and your brother were doing the broadcast, right? Yeah, yep. Well, Iron Eagle. How was that? Like, how was that to do, like, a broadcast with your brother? I mean, I know you played, but it's like... You know, both giving your opinions about football, and clearly you both have different views of the game. What's that like to be doing that? Because Brady's going to be in that world next year, and you know, I guess it's pretty cool to do that with you know with your fam. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I think, especially because the hardest thing with having three people in the booth is like the amount of time to talk or like the going back and forth. And I think because we've been around each other for so long it just naturally flows. Like we're pointing at each other before we talk, like seeing who's going to go. And then I think, I think people thought with us going in the booth, we both play defensive back and all of those things. We see the game different. I think because he's played for different coaches, what he views as important, what I view, like last week we're in the Baltimore, Kansas city game, you know, Kansas city played well, all, all your game. Baltimore's defense really shut Kansas city down for the most part in the second half. And he felt like, you know, Baltimore's offense and Lamar Jackson, like, let's go. And I felt like the team in Baltimore, even though Lamar Jackson MVP, it was built on defense. And they were the bullies. And I felt like the way they started the game set the tone. And we were going kind of back and forth with those kind of points, even after the game of what we thought was the deciding factor. Um, and for me, it was the defense not really showing up in the first half set the tone for the game. So, even that back and forth is, is a lot of fun, and I thought it was cool even hearing Tom uh, on the McAfee uh, show talking about what he's done, and I've heard from different people, like, he's gone to uh, watch games live and broadcasts and watch people, and he said it, like, I have enough notes to write a book, and that's why I think Brady will be good, because he's one of those, like, upsets, never-fail guys that he's going to study, he's going to work, um, to be as good as possible. So it's going to be fun, I think, to see him going out there and, and you know, bringing his unique 23-year career um, to the booth and all the things he'll talk about. And if he is loose and more open, I think people will enjoy even some of his harder takes that we've heard a little bit of when he talks about the quarterback position. Um, I think it'll be really good when he gets in the booth. Do you think Bill ends up on TV next season? 
I think he was, I think he's going to make a tough decision. Of, Oh. This year that is going to say, let's go and get Bill. Uh, but he has to decide, spend time with the grandkids, hang out for a year, uh, or go do TV. And there's a world where he does a studio show and could do both. So it's definitely a possibility. We missed the very first, first part of that. But you think he's making a decision between spend time with the grandkids or go be on TV if no job comes. What do you think he picks, knowing him like you know him? I think he does a studio show and spends time with the grandkids and goes to the studio once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All and, right. And before you go, Devin, congratulations on making Gronk and Edelman's list of most attractive players that they've played with. Did I make the list or did I just get mentioned? Uh, well, it was either you or your brother. No, it was Devin. Oh, it was. There was a list, <laughs> and then they kind of added you at the end. But yeah. I would consider that yeah, on the list. Right? Right. So he was the token brother who got thrown in. <laughs> you know exactly. He's always got to be one. I mean, you see all the yep, great shows growing up. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Uh, I appreciate the love, though, Courtney. I appreciate the love. You're very welcome. All right, Dev. We will talk to you next week in advance of the big game. All right? All right, guys. All right. That's Dev McCourty. We'll be right back.